You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the show the week after CES which was this year surprisingly iterative, I thought. Uh, The giant roll-up TV was back again. I guess that means it's moving towards uh, becoming a consumer product. That is, I have to say, something I really like. I don't know about you boys. You you seen the giant roll-up TV? I didn't see that one. It was there last year as well. It's the thing like a roller blind. It comes up out of a box. Oh, yeah, I remember it last year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, LG, I think. Too much attention to CES this year. Well, it was surprisingly iterative. Um, uh, there was a, a demonstration of my sci-fi fantasy over the air power. Bring it on. I don't care if I get microwaved. No more cables. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money. Um, they're saying that could be in consumers' hands by 2020, everybody. Yes. Anyway, after all that, this week, I am joined by my semi-regular co-host, Nick Riley. Hello, Nick. Um, hi, Simon. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, if you hear me coughing, I'm just, you know, slowly dying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of them about at the moment. Yes. Uh, and I'm also joined by Donny Yankelo. Hello, Donny. Hello. And we also have with us Pete Knowlton of Ghostry. Hello, Pete. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. It's going good. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, and if you listen to this show, you damn well should know, Ghostry is the amazing free anti-tracker which helps you browse smarter, giving you control over ads and tracking technologies. And we're going to talk to Pete all about that, and he can tell us all about the history, the philosophy, and all the rest of it about uh, Ghostry, which is great. So, yes, Pete, tell us uh, about yourself. How did you end up working at Ghostry? Um, it is a torrid story. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> we basically, I, I worked for uh, another larger tech company um, and some of us broke off and started working on the ghostry concepts and as some of us uh, some of our jobs filtered uh, and disappeared we started cherry picking some of our some of our favorite past employees and coworkers and um, for me it started in 2012 but for ghostry 2009 and actually this year this is our birthday year so July of 2019 will be 10 years. For Ghostry, for the very first first time online, um, so we have we were all together in New York this past week planning our birthday celebration, which turned into an interesting conversation. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, said hello world in July of two thousand nine, and we have grown and shrunk and grown again uh, as far as companies are concerned. But we are here alive today, and we have some really it's going to be a good year for us. We're really excited about some some new thing working on, and it's just that's that's where we're that's how it all started for me. But yeah, 2012 for me, I came on as the lone production support technologist. I think was my super cool title, <laughs> but basically, I was the only guy who was handling all of the support requests, making sure that everybody that uses Ghostry was happy, and trying to solve the world's problems uh, over over email. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent yeah i used to uh, i used to apply to trade shows when i went to trade shows i always used to say my uh my title was wizard of postscript uh, i'm the chief problem solver on my on my business cards that i hand out at trade shows <laughs> that's right it's quite right that's let's yeah so there we go um so obviously uh you know uh let's let's just start with the basics pete just explain uh to anybody who doesn't know and as i say everybody who listens to this show damn well should know uh exactly what ghostry is all about yeah so um yeah again i'm just gonna pretend that nobody knows who we are we're, we're a we're a browser extension and the idea is that we pull back the curtain on every website you visit and show you all the different companies and the tracking technologies that said companies may have on the pages, either embedded in the advertising images themselves or just lone JavaScript running around on the page. And we show you who they are, first and foremost. 
And then secondly, we give the op give you the opportunity to block if you want. Um, we give you the opportunity to now actually have it's a dedicated ad blocker or an anti tracking suite. Um, but it basically gives you the opportunity to control who and with whom, uh, where you get to share your data with. So you can turn off all those tracking scripts on a page by page basis, on a company by company basis. If there are certain companies that you want to help out and that you feel comfortable with their, with their data model, you can allow them, you can whitelist. Uh, so when you go to your favorite banking site or your favorite weather site, um, you want them to know where you are. So you want a, a good user experience. So you allow everything on the page to happen. But on some other pages, you just want to go dark. And so you can block everything. Fantastic. Yes, uh, I've been using, I, I can't remember how long I've been using Ghostry now. Um, quite a long time, not 10 years. I, I can't claim, <laughs> I can't claim, I, can't <laughs> I can't claim to have been using Ghostry for 10 years, but I have been using it for a considerable time since, um, as soon as I came across it effectively, I don't know where I, so I guess somebody pointed to it on a tech blog or something. And I immediately thought that sounds interesting. And, uh, I've been using it ever since. Um, but, um, you support, uh, a wide variety, don't you? Um, I'm just looking at the page now. Um, Firefox, Chrome, Opera, uh, Safari, Edge, uh, Internet Explorer version 5, uh, and uh, Ghostry Lite, of course, for the um, Mojave Safari. Yeah, we had to, we had to be creative. Uh, Safari updated their, their blocking API that we used previously, so... We had to come up with a new version, uh, which is Safari Lite. Um, we just, with the tools that we were able to, that we were given, we we made this new version. Um, usually, usually when you hear the term light, means free, <laughs> but it's uh, it's just a more um, lightweight version. You don't have the actual um, company by company tracking a, a blocking ability, but we have it um, like broken out by category. So we have an advertising category audio visual category so you can go through and block it that way yeah but it's still still really good and it still speeds everything up really really well oh, yeah. I, I actually really really like the uh the new version yep yep um I, obviously i'm on mojave so i'm running the ghostry light extension um and we just explained part of the reason for that is of course because apple um implemented their own blocking of a whole load of things which ghostry uh, you know you used to use ghostry to do so in the uh, mojave and up uh, version of safari they have a whole load of um anti-tracking technologies of their own don't they so mm -hmm. you, you kind of slim down what ghostry does on safari because there's no point trying to do, do it twice effectively yeah yeah that and i'll yeah the, the um the the access points that we had previously with the new updates were just no longer available to mm. certain extensions so we had to like i said be creative and and go and do some other stuff yeah uh, no, well, that's good and of course um you can get a ghostry mobile uh browser um yep. there is no ghostry for um ios as such is there mm -hmm. you have to have um if you want that, you use the Ghostry mobile browser, which is also available on Android. Um, and uh, now I, there's one here I'm not familiar with, Pete. You support a browser called Clicks, C-L-I-Q-Z, yes. Yeah, so that was the interesting change that I was talking about earlier. So in 2017, we broke away from our parent company and joined a German-based privacy company called Clicks. And the Clicks browser is obviously their flagship product. Um, it's a complete privacy-centric web browser with their own built-in search. And we revamped the extension so that it was compatible with their browser as well. Okay. So it's, it's an actually it's a it's a really neat browser. Buddy, that's concerned that doesn't want like the nitty gritty and craziness of Tor. Sometimes you can go over and try Clicks because all of the all the searching is done within the browser, so there's never a phone home. So any of your actual search keywords are actually kept within the browser rather than going out to the masses. Oh, okay. it's pretty quick, pretty zippy. It's a zippy I'm, browser. So. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I shall download that and give it a try. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, as a you know, here we go. As as always, feature request. You don't support Vivaldi. It'd be nice not if you currently. 
it'd be nice if you supported Vivaldi because that's my you are not, yeah you are my, not the first person to say that <laughs> it's my favourite fallback put it that way obviously I use yeah. uh, Safari is my you know my weapon of choice as it were but uh, I, I do like Vivaldi um, there we go uh, I'm sure I'm sure developers must. Um... I, I, I do a, a little bit of coding. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a programmer by any sh- shape or form. Uh, but developers must really sort of have very mixed feelings about when Apple are making announcements, mustn't they? Because <laughs> they never know what Apple are going to change, which suddenly they think, oh, no, we've got to rewrite whole chunks of the code now to actually right. <laughs> take that into account. That must be a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> that, that was, we were we were in that boat. <laughs> when, we saw, <laughs> yeah. when we saw it coming, we were like, well, there's, an, there's a complete rewrite. Um, but it was it was due for a rewrite anyway, uh, just not to that not to the extent that we were rewriting it. But right, yeah, yeah, we're, we, I agree. Right. So um, this is this is something that uh, usually comes up when we're talking to uh, people like you know like yourself, like Wire, like um, Proton. Um, a lot of people uh, always get a bit edgy, if you like, about products which are you know completely free to use. Um, now, Wire, uh, you know, they offer uh, the, the use of their uh, voice over IP for personal use. It's free. Um, and when we've had Wire on, um, Sim explained to us that, you know, there's a corporate version which is paid for. And that is what uh, pays their bills. That's how they make their money. And that's how they can support a free version. So um, how does Ghostery, uh, you know, pay, pay to keep the lights on then, Pete? Because obviously... <laughs> And you pay to keep the lights on as, you know, you give away your browser extension for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this year is actually we're we're working on that quite, quite diligently. Uh, we're, we're working on the whole concept of privacy as a service, um, subscription based models. Uh, we actually uh, we're releasing on Tuesday, fingers crossed, our Ghostry Plus model, uh, which uh, will be our first like paid tier concept of Ghostry. Um, say right off the bat, Ghostry browser extension will always be free. There will always be a free version of that. But like you said, you know, it's nice to eat and pay your rent. So we're trying to figure out how we can do this in the best way and the private way with our users' best interests at heart. So we have, like I said, Ghostry Plus coming out. There'll be a subscription tier. We're going to be providing like new themes, uh, pri- uh, support, VIP support. Um, and various other levels. And this is like our, we're dipping our, our toe into this very slowly because we want to make sure we do it the right way. Uh, and so, like I said, this Tuesday or Thursday, the, what is that, the 15th, 17th ish timeframe of January, um, will be our very first foray into that concept. But we've got a lot of really cool features and, and data analytics, uh, and, um, more, more things on the, on the horizon. But we're like I said, we're 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 going at it slow because we want to make sure we do it the right way and secure and private and all those good words. Oh so yeah, that's 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 the plan. Or we're going to become pizza delivery guys and just start pitching in. So <laughs> yeah, that would something, be a... something will work. Something will work. We're hoping that the uh, the subscription model works out better because some of the dri- some of us can't drive very well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you know, and I, I understand those little mopeds get cold in the winter. Exactly, and everybody, you know, the core of us are in New York City, and some of them, you know, never been behind the wheel, so we don't need to see that. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, there we go. Um, yeah, you mentioned there basically, you know, privacy as a service, and mm-hmm. um, when we had um, Dr. Andy Yen from Proton on, um, you know, he was he was very um, he's very much been talking over the last couple of years about how. Um, he believes that you know the next big wave of monetization um, across the web could well be, and obviously he's hoping so because he runs <laughs> he runs a, a secure email service and a VPN. But um, is that you know the next big wave of, of um, monetization could well come in uh, providing privacy as a service, and uh, you know Proton provide uh, a free. Uh, VPN or at least a, a free level of VPN and a, a free level of uh, encrypted email um, but obviously in order to do that there are paid levels I am a paid subscriber to both um, and I, I think that's actually true I think you know as these stories about Facebook 
and it, it becomes more and more obvious that we're being tracked and spied on and uh, constantly uh, profiled. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are becoming more aware that you know it's it's worth a few you know it's worth a few dollars a month to be paying somebody not to be selling your data. So exactly, there's so many more touch points now these days. You know, you know our gaming consoles are connected. I mean, you know, we were talking about Alexa earlier. I mean, everything we have is now connected, and there are so many opportunities for that data collection. So there should be an equal amount of opportunities for us to provide a safe, private way to use these devices and and figure out what's the best model for it. You know, there's a there's always a magic number that people are willing to, or people are will be safe handing over to five bucks a month in order to make sure that their whole connected house is secure um that their that their their phones are secure everything you know there's a full family concept of security internet security privacy even with you know younger kids being online earlier there's a level of security that will that you just you just need to have with this growing internet of things that's that's surrounding us. So that's that's kind of where we're coming coming from is that yeah we've got the browser extension and the desktop, but you know what there's so much more and so much that needs to be done. So let's try and provide a more holistic view of privacy and security across all your devices. So so are we are you looking at a sort of <laughs> what would be really nice is a big switch, shouldn't it? Because we mm-hmm. the, the the most the diff. Privacy generally tends to be really complicated, doesn't it? Yeah. And and for the average user, they just want a big switch where they switch on, and when it's on, they're private, and when it's off, they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a giant blue switch on the internet would be great for our brand. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I mean the the problem that we also run there is is folks that use it don't understand exactly the the behind the scenes of how sometimes the internet works. Which you know, yeah, we, for Ghostry, we want we want the product to be something that you know i can use but my mom can use and my mom can explain to her friends when they go play mahjong but it's like you can't give them no script and tell them go crazy and then see you know everything break it's just because they don't understand how a lot of this tracking how the tracking services are embedded into the actual like functionality of their websites so having that big blue switch uh, you know, you'll be surfing and then all of a sudden one of your pages don't work. They're like, oh, well, this thing doesn't work. You're like, well, it, it worked exactly what it was supposed to do. You don't understand that that page is dependent upon this one script that makes the entire, that breaks all the CSS on the page or something like that. Yes, so, yeah. so it's right. It's a very fine line being able to having that like master switch. Cause believe me, we've been thinking about things where it's, so it's like, oh, let's, let's have just like this kill switch. And, but then you're going to have so many people for me who runs the community department. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I can only see the amount of tickets coming in for my core <laughs> team that's going to be working 24 seven trying to, you know, talk people off the ledge of, <laughs> of internet <laughs> privacy and security. But, but there, there just needs to be a happy medium. And that's what we're yeah. trying to figure out is like, how can we provide a, a, a private secure environment without just totally pissing everybody off and not realizing that it's really it's it's what's happening out there and we just need to come up with a better way to do it yeah good that's that's a difficult one <laughs> it is really difficult it's taking a long time to figure out how to do it you know we've got well, especially especially because you know different people's views of privacy are quite are different i mean i i'm quite happy with having um stuff in my home like uh, um the amazon gadgets even they may not be as secure as some other gadgets, but I know that Simon won't have them within 200 miles of his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's in- it's actually that's very interesting, and that's actually something that w- when I go to events, when I when we were at CES and Comic Con and all the other funny places that we used to dress up as a ghost for, uh, that the original version of Ghostry up until last year, all the blocking was off by default. And it still is to, to the to the mo- for the most part, but we feel that everybody's security and privacy preferences are different. So who are we to make these judgment calls and just block everything or you know do whatever? It's it really it needs to. It's almost like an educational tool. You have this now. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta be able to make good choices when you're out there. You know. And um, until, the other problem is as well, isn't it? Is that is that if you if you ask too much, 
you end up in the old um, Microsoft Vista problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it know. takes me back to those um, those videos, you know, between the Mac and the and the PC where they were talking through an intermediary mm -hmm. <laughs> who was saying uh, uh, PC wishes to open this program. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, we ran a couple of surveys just to kind of see what what people tend to block as far as like when you when you what are you comfortable with so we have just we've made a you know a, a custom and default option now where we we block some categories only because our users said that you know for the most part this is what we're blocking and so we just tried to make the setup a little bit easier for those that you know kind of want to like just set it and forget it and get going as fast as possible there is a there is a blocking feature where we block a few categories by default, but it's still the option there to go through and be as nitpicky as you want to be is, is always there. And it's, it's like the, everybody's different. So like, here's an opportunity for you to totally make this your own. Jolly good. That's good to hear. It's good to hear that there's a, a default for those who, who perhaps don't even know that, <laughs> that they're being insecure. So. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. For those that just don't know where to start, here's, here's, Here's a an, an option that our users feel like that is a good place to start. Is basically yeah. what we did. I mean, totally I, if I read here, actually from the <clears throat> sorry from the Ghostry Light default settings, uh, tailored to provide the cleanest, fastest, safest browsing experience, allowing you to focus on exploring your websites and online content. We block advertising, site analytics, and adult advertising trackers. Um, if you go to uh, the custom, which is me, you can block advertising, site, site analytics, customer interaction, which will um, turn off those kind of chat boxes, uh, mm -hmm. social media buttons, uh, audio video players, adult content and uh, comments. Um, and then there's another one essential, which uh, if you block that, then you'll probably break everything in fight. But, uh, so I, <laughs> I, I personally have everything turned on apart from essential. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think there's a couple of things that um, I'm not sure uh, I, I go in. And um, I think there's a couple of things in, in the previous version. I used to allow Gravatar and Discus. Um, yep. Yeah. That that was about was it. Popular. Yeah. yeah. Gravatar because it it, it um, publishes your avatar on a whole load of sites and mm -hmm. uh, Discus is a uh, commenting tool, isn't it? But uh, yeah. yeah, I, I... those those categories are the same across. Like that's the one thing. Like the categories are the same across all the all the different browsers and mobile users. So the only difference between that Ghostry Light section, like we talked about, is that. You can you can block it at the at the category level, but then in all the other extensions and all the other versions, you can so you can block by category, or then you can go through and, un, and unselect. So, it like for the gravatar situation, what is in that customer interaction? Is that whatever category it's in? Yeah. you can block that whole category, but then just scoot down to gravatar and allow that, so you can move for move forward. So there's a, the the level of granularity is is better with the uh, or excuse me more specific in the uh, other extensions. Yeah. But um, now I just thought. Oh, sorry, Simon. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I you know basically I I block pretty much everything. If I go to a site and uh, you know it doesn't seem to want to work, you know I just do the temporary pause, pause ghostry, and mm -hmm. reload the page and um, carry on from there. Yeah. You know? And if it's a site you use regularly, obviously you can just add it to the whitelist and say don't mm -hmm. you know don't block this page. So uh, yeah. We're working on ways for the extension to actually tell you which tracker might be causing issues on the page. Like we've got a little snail there saying, hey, this one's taking a really long time. Or uh, there's a smart blocking feature in there that says, you know, this one's taking, if it takes more than four seconds to load, it allows it so that the page works. Um, but specifically, there'll be a little, little exclamation point or some sort of notification next to the tracker that's saying this this might be the one. We we can't be a hundred percent sure, but it looks like this this script is causing issue on the page. To try allowing this one rather than just go like you said, rather than just pausing everything, run and then all the scripts collect. You can try on a one by one basis, and if that doesn't work, then yeah, pause <laughs> and reload. No, no, because <clears throat> I also. I also was uh, uh, pleased to be in receipt of some rather nice ghostly swag not long ago. I, uh, I I retweeted something that um, 
your boys had put out and it was like first first i don't know however many five or ten people or something to retweet this will um you know get some swag and i thought yeah. oh blimey only five people in the whole world or whatever it is i've, <laughs> I've, I've got no hope you know I, I haven't even opened twitter for about six hours but i retweeted it anyway and uh apparently i was lucky enough and i got a rather nice shirt and some um nice ghostery stickers and uh best of all i think i've got a rather nice uh blue aluminium ghost key ring which is uh oh, the, the keychain the worst bottle opener ever but it's the best keychain ever it's, uh, <laughs> it's the, a... little, the little hook on the tail is supposed to be a bottle opener and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but it's uh it's a cute little keychain thing but yeah no that's we've been we've been working hard on keeping you know it's the best way to to be really in touch with with everybody through social media so you know we've, we've been running some more fun stuff plus i do all i design all the all the brand stuff and shirts and everything so i'm i'm constantly looking for the next greatest fun t-shirt to make to uh to throw around there so it's a good time <laughs> it's, a way, it's a way to be creative without banging my head against the wall sometimes yeah. how did you um how did you come up with the name ghost Three? I wish I came up with that. So no, it's the original developer, David Cancel, came right. up with it. He would, he would, he. We chatted with. Him. He said he, whenever he creates a company, he would just add an ery at the end of it, which <laughs> goes against what he's currently working on now. But um, yeah, no, he he created it. Like I said, ten years ago, built it just to kind of. He was just curious one day to see. You know, it was the rise of third-party tracking. There wasn't so much going on ten years ago, but more so from a from a Martech standpoint. Just curious to see what what was going on behind the page. And he just wrote this little little script and uh, threw a little ghost up there. I think it was one of the actual original Pac-Man ghosts, which of course had to get taken down. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was it. Like, he was just he was just curious one day to see what was behind the page. Uh, uh, and, right. you know, the original version didn't block, no, nothing nothing happened other than just a purple box that came up with a list of the different companies that were there. Actually, just the scripts, didn't even have the company names, so you had to go through and research everything. So once once we took it over uh, is when everything else kind of started happening. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, so um, the, the, um, no, go on, the, uh, sorry. The iOS, I just installed the iOS app on my iPad and iPhone, and wow, that is really fast i was amazed at how fast it is and the um those little previews that pop up as you're typing the web page and that's really nice too is that i'm assuming the clicks browser is kind of like in place of a just a branded ghost three browser for the mac yeah so what we did was the we we revamped the mobile version to be the clicks version of of their mobile mobile support and it, it has their, their browsing or their their search algorithm in there so it's all it's all done in-house rather than phoning home for all, all that so it's a safe search built in and it, it also has the anti-tracking and it has our library in there we reskinned it and just kind of made the best of both worlds as best as we could still really working hard on making this even better but yeah i really like the ios one is zippy and it's fast and it's got a fun private mode ghosty's got little sunglasses on he's got a disguise so nobody knows who he is <laughs> um so, so there's so many fun things you can do with that ghost he he loves dressing up so i was like why not have the opportunity to have him wear a mask for, for our private search um and that's just you know wipes out the history and and just is a clean clean private mode and i just installed the clicks browser and wow that's really fast too yeah yeah it's a great product it's it's it was it's a it was a nice logical home for ghostry and it, partnering with them and uh and they're they were blue as well so maybe <laughs> <laughs> so um obviously as as we've said you know the privacy um landscape certainly over the last five years i would guess has, has certainly risen you know, to become something that, um, well, at least people like us who, you know, who follow tech have become much more aware of. Um, people who listen to this show know that I, um, I chose to abandon Google after, um, I've been using Google for many years. Don't get me wrong. I joined Gmail when it was, um, you know, you still had to get an invitation. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, um, my story was that, you know, when, when they started out, it was a fairly, um, 
you know, it was a fairly open deal of, you know, we will collect X amount of data about you in exchange for you using our free services. Right. But I, I felt that over the years, they'd become more and more underhand and were collecting more and more data. And I decided that, you know, I'd had enough. So, yeah, um, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I uh, made the decision to basically quit Google. Um, and as a result of that, I, um, I'd been using um, DuckDuckGo as my search engine for some mm-hmm. time before. Um, mm-hmm. I was using DuckDuckGo as my search engine before Apple even made it the default, but uh, or you know a, a possible default. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I I moved uh, you know I fairly aggressively I promote DuckDuckGo I promote um, I promote Wire um, I promote um, Proton um, I promote Ghostery you know uh, so. It is very much something. So, uh, I guess where I was going is, you know, how, do you do you guys kind of, um, you know, have any contact with any of these other sort of privacy centered companies? Oh yeah. Um, so we used a partner. We used DuckDuckGo as our was our primary search for our for the first iteration of our of our mobile version. Uh, we did a hackathon, and actually some of the some of the guys from DuckDuckGo were on our panel. Um, I'm a big big fan. Of, of them um so but and and some of our other team members might have more more back and forth with some other some other groups but um nothing nothing comes comes to, <laughs> nothing immediately comes to mind of other companies that i can think of off, off, the, off the top of my head but i just do i mean i use DuckDuckGo private search on some of my other browsers you know i have to you know i have to use every single browser and test different things and so some some things i like working well on on others and others i just kind of have this weird setup to kind of see stress test so to speak um but duckduckgo is is definitely is is one of my favorites excellent excellent i think we've probably covered uh most of that so I'll tell you what, boys, I think we'll take, shall we take a five minute break while we go over to uh, John Nemo in the hardware store and uh, we can all get a fresh cup of tea or whatever. uh, And then we'll come back and have a chat about a couple of stories. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. Our friends at the Gromit, that's T-H-E-G-R-O-M-E-T, www.thegromit.com have an exciting new product that will be the best $20 you've spent in a long time if you do a lot of selfies or close-range photography where the lighting is a problem. It's all one word called the Glow Lens, G-L-O-L-E-N-S, the Glow Lens Clip-On Smartphone Light by Fashionit, F-A-S-H-I-O-N-I-T, $20 in the U.S., comes in a silver or gold color. You charge it up using the included Micro USB cable, holds a charge for a long time, has a sturdy and attractive clamp clip that you clip to the back or the front of your phone, and it works with any phone at all, any iPad also. Then on the bottom, there's a little white button. You press that, and it lights up. Press it three times. Listen to this. Those are the three lighting levels, and it gets bright, brighter, and very bright using the three light settings to cast you in your best light, as they say. You can wipe it clean with the included microfiber pouch, and the lights are 12 LEDs, creating an ideal illumination environment for selfies and pictures, four warm and eight cold, as far as the color temperature of the light. There's an optical quality wide-angle lens, so you don't get any distortion by putting the glow lens on the front or the back of your phone for the camera. Check out the link on the website, because there are some good pictures at thegromit.com. And I think for a little amount of money in whatever your local currency is, and I'm sure Simon will do his best to find the UK and international pricing for the glow lens, you will be glad to use this, especially if you know young people who do selfies. So hint, hint, if you know any young people who do a lot of selfies or people who'd like to work in a low light environment, the glow lens clip-on smartphone light by Fashion It is definitely worth considering. In the under $20 range, is the most extraordinary value we probably will have all year. Mac OS Mojave, The Missing Manual, the book that should have been in the box. First edition by David Pogue, D-A-V-I-D-P-O-G-U-E, one of our very, very favorite authors. Paperback, $17 more or less. Kindle, $13 more or less. The actual sticker price is $25 U.S. and Canadian, $33. So you buy it now, get a terrific price, 
There's 863 pages of everything you need to know about the new Mac operating system. So whatever you need to know, anything at all that Apple provides in Mac OS Mojave, David Pogue has got it covered with humor, with wisdom, with graphics, with detailed steps, and with the missing manual web links for all the content that is included in this extraordinary and detailed book. So well done, David. And that's Mac OS Mojave, the missing manual, first edition by David Pogue. Hope to be back next week. If not, I'll be back in two weeks. We are still waiting for some big shipments here at Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you, John, as always. And uh, links for those products will be in the show notes. Okay. Um, whilst we were taking a break, uh, Pete has offered us 10 swag bags of uh, ghostly goodies to give away. So if you would like a uh, a, a bag of ghostly goodies, uh, probably a t-shirt and probably, uh, I guess, one of those uh, ghosty keychains and some stickers. Absolutely. Um, yep. Email the show, which is essentialapple at sudomail.com. And that's S-U-D-O mail.com. Um, another privacy-centered uh, service. And uh, say that you are interested in a ghostry uh, pack. And the first 10 people to email will uh, get one sent to them by Pete, who will raid his cupboard of ghostery goodies. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Um, Don't forget the T-shirt size as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Please send your address and your T-shirt size. Obviously, this is otherwise <laughs> we can't email you a T-shirt. No, we cannot. It'll either be really small or it'll be a beach blanket, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beach blanket probably do me. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, there's not a huge amount of stories this week. Obviously, uh, CES was everything. Um, as we said at the start of the show, uh, seemed fairly iterative this year. Somebody uh, on a podcast I was listening to, um, might even have been uh, Tech Pinions said that they dis- they heard uh, this year's CES described as an S year. <laughs> so um, yeah, we we did indeed see the LG roll up TV again. Um, Dell, I think, had um, an enormous uh, gaming monitor. I think it was forty eight inches or something. Um, for those who've got ludicrous amounts of money to spend on a. <clears throat> 8k gaming monitor um one of the uh, one of the other podcasts i follow which is to do with electric cars said there was one or two things about batteries so that's quite interesting some some batteries actually coming near to production now particularly oh, solid state ones that's interesting i didn't see that but then i don't follow um particularly the cars i saw um i saw apparently harley davidson have uh, announced an electric uh, motorcycle oh that's could... right yes they were talking about that too yeah, yeah unfortunately it's only got a... saw yeah, go an on. electric motorcycle on um some Netflix show, I don't remember what it was called, but they showed this electric motorcycle and it was really cool. You didn't even hear it coming. Remember <laughs> the show though? Uh, the um the Harley might have been three D printed too, if I remember. Oh, that would right. be really cool. That would be really cool. No, the Harley no, will only no, set no. you back thirty grand. You know, so um maybe not on my Christmas list. Um, one of the, uh, one of the exciting things about the uh, batteries they were talking about was they were talking about fifty of the size of current batteries. Ooh. Um, which would make quite a big difference because because simply because they use ceramic, I think for uh, the um, the electrolyte is is now ceramic, so it's uh, it's solid uh, and it's much safer as a consequence, less likely to explode. Very Which is yes. always good. <laughs> well, you know, obviously we've talked about battery technology on this show whenever we come across it, and um, I know uh, one one of the things we talked about before was a guy was talking about making. Um, glass i think when he was talking about making the batteries out of you know the yes vitrifying the um you know the electrolyte for the same reason as, as making it you know uh, to, because that way it's it's more condensed and uh obviously it's stable that way so you know some and at the time i think all these things were sort of you know five to ten years out well eventually five to ten years has to go past and these things do actually start to turn up so yes, that would be um, that's right so they're still it's still fairly small numbers but at least they're to produce them now so that's good well that's good it's all good stuff um uh, apple of course uh announced that they are bringing itunes to the samsung smart tv 
I thought that was an interesting way around you got that. Wasn't it Samsung that announced that iTunes was coming to the Samsung TV? Was it? Well, no. I, <laughs> I think mean, it might have been. <laughs> it, what, yeah. However, I mean, it, it, Apple and Samsung have done a deal to bring, you know, put iTunes on um, and the iTunes, uh, you know, uh, on Samsung smart TVs. Um, I saw a, I saw a comment from Renny Ritchie where it, it, uh, the title was, um, you know, Samsung TVs to get iTunes. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see um, how long that deal lasts, and assuming it's going to grow to like the iTunes app, will be on Roku's and other branded TVs besides just the AirPlay, the actual iTunes app that they're going to. I go think. Further than, yeah. As far as I can tell, and at the moment, it seems to be only the Samsung who've got right. direct access to iTunes, although AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support has been announced for pretty much every other smart TV maker. Um, but you would, I would imagine it's like the whole AT&T with the iPhone thing. After a year or so many months, that app's going to be everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the... Uh, I think the CNBC uh, story, which I've linked in the show notes, says that Apple say it will be coming to other um, TVs, but I, I guess they've done an exclusive deal with Samsung for, I would think, a year or 18 months. Um, so, so is this Apple realizing that they can't really keep Apple TV enclosed any longer, that, that, that they're going to have to be a bit, well, iTunes anyway, and that they're going to have to be a bit broader than they have been I if they want to get into that? If they want to get into that space, you know. I think it's very much, um, a load of people seem to, you know, announce it as if it was some kind of betrayal. But I, I thought, well, <laughs> surely it's it's just the same as when the iPod stopped being Firewire and, and became, you know, an iTunes. We're bringing iTunes to, to Windows. Of course they did. You know, if you want... Apple Music is on Android. Yeah, exactly. And if, if, if you're going to, if they're going to launch a TV streaming service... It's not going to fly if it's only going, you know, if it's only available on the Mac and Apple TV. It's not yeah. going to be enough people. It's just not enough people to, to carry it. If you, yeah, if it's, you just take, it's just taken up a little while to come to that conclusion, I think. <laughs> I don't know if it's a while that they've, that it's taken a while to come to that conclusion or if it's that they now, you know, they have something in the works which now says now we need to, you know, now we need to expand it. I, I don't know. I wasn't. I guess they I was. Just, they do seem to have taken quite a long time to get their act together. I mean, the fact is, they launched. Um, they launched. Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, well, the Apple and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of that stuff was actually launched. Apple, uh, the AirPlay kit, and all that sort of stuff was launched ages ago. I mean, a long time ago, before all the everyone else got their act together. Mm. Uh, uh, it just seems to be a long time for them to sort of realize the potential of what they've got effectively I, I think there was also the fact that um didn't they originally particularly for home kit they mandated that home kit um home kit uh certified equipment would have to have a, a hardware, hardware verification chip. chip in it yeah that's right and that just didn't fly did it i i no you know, I, I understand why they wanted to do that they got away doing that with lightning and and so on but um it didn't fly because Alexa and Google were available and people just started saying, well, we can do that for the price of a software development kit. You know, we don't have to put a $5 verification chip in our hardware. Yeah. Um, and Apple finally dropped that. I think they realized that it wasn't going to work and they finally relented and said, okay, we'll do software verification. Um, which Absolutely. Put... And all kudos to Apple for trying <laughs> yeah. to make it more secure. I mean, we like them for that, but, uh, but yeah, I think they've just had to realize the rest of the world isn't going to do it quite the way they'd like it to be done. No. Oh, and another thing, I don't know, you know, this isn't all of iTunes, but or even every movie studio, but there's the what used to be Disney Movies Anywhere, which is now Movies Anywhere. And almost all of the major um, movie studios are part of it. And you could buy a video on your TV in Vudu and still have it, um, a movie anyway, still have it available on your iPad or iPhone, or even Apple TV through iTunes by being linked to movies anywhere. So why not have them buy it in iTunes through your TV? <laughs> yes, I suppose TV, so. Get that yeah. money instead of letting Voodoo buy it and put it on your phone through iTunes. That's a good point. Yeah. I I think this, you know, it's, it's fairly um, clear now that Apple are going to launch um, a service which, you know, involves their own 
created content. They're going to try and do a Netflix. And um, how that's going to pan out, I don't know. But if you're going to do it, you know, you've got to get it out there. Um, you know, we've said it before, haven't we? But, you know, Amazon, uh, Amazon eBooks, they didn't rely on the Kindle to, um, you know, to, to get that, that product out there. They made the Kindle app for everything. You know, you can probably read a Kindle book on your toaster if you can be bothered to wangle a Kindle app on there. Um, so, so that, mean, that means you'd only be able to read when you're making toast. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? That you know, the, the Kindle yeah. app is available on your Mac, on your iPhone, on Android devices, and you know, everywhere pretty much. Um, and that's what sells. That's what sells um, Amazon's eBooks, not their Kindle hardware readers. Um, yes, if you want, if you want meter everywhere, then you've got to make it everywhere, haven't you? Yeah, you know. And if you're going to, I'm a firm believer that if you want to sell a service, um, realistically, you need to make it as, as ubiquitous as possible. Which I'm mm. sure Pete would agree with. You know, if you did Ghostery for Android, that's lovely. But if people start using something, they want to be able to use it wherever they go. So. Yeah, uh, it was. I guess I was caught on the hop by this announcement, and yet strangely unsurprised. Um, surprised maybe that Apple themselves didn't make more of a thing of it. Apparently, they were sort of skulking around CES in the background, um, talking about it. But that you know, other than their uh, what what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone um, trolling, they they don't do CES, do they? So there we go. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Spigen over-the-air charging case uh, brings us one step closer to truly wireless power. Um, Gizmodo, um, this story is, um, it's been elsewhere. Uh, what can I say? I love it. I've, <laughs> people who listen to me regularly know what I think of uh, over-the-air power. Bring it on. Bring it on. I um, heard recently that um, there was a company developing uh, uh, rapid charging, not rapid, just charging for cars. Uh, and they've managed to get it up to oh a really high efficiency, something like eighty odd percent. That's pretty which good. Is pretty it? impressive, really, considering the air gap between a car and the charging point. Um, um, yeah, I can't remember where I re- uh, where I heard it. It's a little while ago now, um, uh, but that, that you know people are working at it. It's just it's a tricky one to crack, isn't it? Well, it's you know it's over the air power has been a sci fi kind of um, trope. I think probably certainly as long as I've been reading sci-fi, um, yeah. as it says it. The difficulty has always been there's always been the air gap. It's been it's been oh, the yeah. amount of power used between. Yeah, exactly. Um, over the past few years, Ossia has impressed us with demonstrations of over the hour uh, over the air power delivery systems, uh, which pro- promises to make charging cables and pads obsolete. It's always just been demos and prototypes, which feels like a constant tease for a future we actually want right now. Um, at CES 2019, however, OSIA have worked with accessory maker Spigen to develop a f- truly wireless charging case for smartphones and given us a more solid timeline. Uh, the Spigen Forever sleeve is reminiscent of other charging cases with a battery, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it features a Kota chip, allowing it to receive and convert wireless power signals to usable electricity. Uh, there we go. Uh, 10 to 12 feet, apparently, from the transmitter. Um, yeah. hmm. It's not bad, that um, small room. <laughs> no. Well, within 10 to... If you... Yeah, I mean, ideally, I guess, in the thing, what you would want in the end would be, um, you know, a transmitter that could be fitted... Or a, li- a little network of them, perhaps. Yeah, you know that, that that could be fitted or or fitted like in your in your light fitting. That would be good, wouldn't it? In the middle of the room. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, you'd have to have a room bigger than twenty five foot then, really. Um. Anyway, uh, a new version of this wireless technology uses a five point eight gigahertz signal instead of the previous two point four. Uh, this increases the range and power of the delivery, and reducing the size of the transmitter and receiver chips. Uh, making it easier for OEMs to integrate this technology into their products. Okay, uh, OCO have not locked down an exact date, uh, which is a bit frustrating, which is uh, given it's a technology we're so excited about. Yes, I am, I am. Give it me, give it me. Um, I would prefer it to be built into the phone. I don't like having it like battery cases and all that. I don't like having to have a case. No, no, I, d- I, I mean, I'm phone. not... Um, I, I think the point here is that the, the case is a... Uh, 
you know, it's a proof of concept, isn't it? Uh, I think their idea is originally that, you know, the cases would be available for people who have older phones. But ultimately, of course, the idea is for this stuff to be put into uh, into product. Um, so here we go. As the author of this piece says, I'm definitely tired of waiting, but I can stomach another year for the chance to finally rid myself of cords, cables, dongles, wall warts, and the prehistoric charging solutions we currently rely on. So there we go. Um, and at the bottom of here, interestingly, is one I haven't seen. Samsung <coughs> let me wear their exoskeleton and I liked it. So there's a little CES Gizmodo video on the bottom of that page. Um, there we are. Uh... Um, what else have we got? I mean, there were various other things. Uh, Security-wise, um, 14 iPhone apps have been found to be communicating with a malware server. Um, most of these appear to be um, retro games, uh, and they were in the App Store. Apparently, they've been pulled now. Um, so, there we go. Another one of uh, not great that they got in in the first place, but uh, well done, they've been pulled. Um, there we go. Uh, apparently. Um, it wasn't so much that these were malware in them of themselves, but they uh, they had some malicious code uh, allowing a backdoor of some sort. So, but they've all been pulled. Um, the fourteen apps were all retro style games, including Commando Metal, Classic Contra, Super Pentron Adventure, Super Hard, Classes Classic Tank versus Super Bomber, and The Adventure of Maritron. Roy Adventure Troll Game, Tap Dungeon, Super Adventure, and a whole load of others. Anyway, they're all in the uh, they're all in the article. So um, there we go. None of those names sound none of those names sound at all suspicious, do they? No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, there we go. Um, Ubico hardware authentication uh, through Lightning is now going to be possible uh, for those who are not uh, familiar with them. The Ubico hardware uh, two-factor authentication keys, uh, they do a whole range. I think they start from about $10 for a basic one, go up to quite a lot of money for a very flash one. Um, so how does that work? Um, what, the hardware authentication? Well, they're basically dongles. Um and you use so it. Do they plug in through the lightning connector? Yes. Well, previously they've uh, had a variety of USB <sighs> versions. Um, Ubico have now received MFI certification from Apple, uh, meaning that there is a lightning YubiKey dongle uh, coming to the iPhone soon. Um, uh. And this is like a small, you know, looks like a USB uh, key type thing. Um, and the one in the photograph here has a USB-C connector on one end and a lightning connector on the other. Um, yeah, hardware authentication dongles. Uh, I think this is something that's going to become uh, possibly more and more po popular because it's uh, become fairly clear that um, SMS is not really a secure enough uh, method for, uh, you know, two-factor authentication. It's too easily yeah. snooped upon. Um, and apparently even those um, like authenticator apps that, uh, you know, generate numbers, um, apparently some of those can be man-in-the-middle attacked. Uh, that's less effective, obviously, because the numbers that are generated by those only last for 30 seconds or whatever. Um, Pete, have you got any comments on that? Oh, is he, is he here or is he gone? There's Pete. I'm talking with the mute button on. Well, that'll give you privacy, won't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, that was a JV move on my part. Sorry. Um, okay. You're referring to the man in the middle attack, the the apps that are in the store. No, I was I was referring to the uh, fact that um, a lot of security experts are now saying that SMS and uh, even to some extent the authenticator type apps, which generate you know, 30-second one-time tokens are not necessarily um, as secure as we'd like for two-factor authentication. Now, problem sure, they're secure enough for you and me, but, um, you know, they can be they can be man-in-the-middle um, attacked. Yeah, I think, you know, any any of that stuff that's third-party has the tenant, has the ability for it. I'm not, I don't, I don't know enough about it probably to make a, to make a smart statement, but I'm, you know, I'm always wary, wary of any of the, the third-party authentication that isn't coming from um, anything that I'm, that I truly trust and companies that I, that I know what, what, what they stand for and what, what they're, uh, what they're after. So. So are you, uh, you know, are you a fan of a uh, hardware authentication then? Um, 
again, you know, of course, all of our all of our internal systems people make sure that we we have all <laughs> have all of that set up. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of you know like password protection using LastPass and you know authentication in that respect. Uh, doing that, so I I definitely think it's a good idea. Um, but like I said, I don't I don't know enough about some of the other players in the field to to kind of have like a a comparison to to make um i do what i'm told <laughs> in a lot of, in a lot of respects uh, as far well, as yeah the, and it's the, also i think i think if you're, you're like me you know and i'm well known for you know donning my tinfoil hat um yeah on on this show um but of course it is it is a constant trade-off of um convenience versus security and uh yeah, yeah. you know you get lack good to get a little lazy in that respect so i definitely you know any sort of additional authentication that you can do is, is helpful um, my my only stance is just make sure you're using a company that you've that you know about rather than you know just randomly you know swimming through through instagram and you see this cool post of this new new product that's going at it just don't auto- automatically assume that they're they're in it for for good make sure you do a little bit of research yeah. and don't just start blindly acknowledging and accepting and signing in with facebook accounts and all that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i you know uh we're dougie is coming back on the show um our you know our slack room security um and uh digital forensics man so we'll be talking about uh some more security stuff when he comes back on but um you know the classic uh line when you're talking about security is you know what is the threat landscape um you know if you are you know like you know joe blogs then the reasonable chance of you being attacked uh by a complex um you know attack is pretty small so you know sensible precautions will probably cover you the most likely attack is fishing for your you know financial details um if of uh, course one two three four five six that's, that's my password yeah, oh yeah. sorry i'm not supposed to tell you that am i <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you'll be all right. Just add another number to the end. You'll be all right. No one, will, no yeah, one will work yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Or maybe I'll put yeah. two. I'll make it seven eight. And that, yeah, yeah, that's me. it. Yeah. Just add that exclamation point, and it's and it's a fail safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've, I, uh, I'm given to understand that apparently uh, Donald and Monkey are, are quite good. <laughs> 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 well, he got in the top ten. What do you know? Must be good, mustn't it? <laughs> Best password ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I can imagine those uh, h- hardware keys. Uh, I can see companies going for that. Yes, that I mean, you um, know, r- rather than relying on a third party, is actually sort of having generating your own keys, as it were, is always preferable. Isn't it? Well, that yeah, that the idea how they work basically. I mean, they work in a similar manner to um, you know things like Google Authenticator or Authy or whatever you. Yes. Um, you you purchase the key and uh, you pair it to your device. Um, and to be honest, there there are NFC versions available. So you know the fact that there's not previously been a Lightning version is not the end of the world. There there are plenty that um you know you can just put next to your uh, iPhone. Um, and the idea is instead of having to you know two factor authenticate by getting an SMS code or using a um, a code generating app you it when it says two factor authenticate you um put your hardware key uh next to your device. i mean they're particularly useful of course on on laptops and desktops because you can just have a little one that goes in in your usb port um and basically proves that you are who you say you are all the time you're online yes um, <coughs> yeah i am actually considering getting getting one um not necessarily a YubiKey because the YubiKeys are quite expensive, or some of them are anyway. But, um, you know, other manufacturers are available. Other manufacturers are available. Um, again, it's like VPNs. You know, a couple of years ago, only only geeks and nerds, uh, you know, bothered with VPNs. Now VPNs are moving into the into the mainstream. Um, and yeah, as Pete just said about do your homework. Um, as we know, VPNs in particular, you need to make sure that you have a uh, trustworthy provider, as it's been proven that lots of these get a lifetime of VPN coverage for 14 pence halfpenny have turned out to be um, effectively useless or even worse, uh, actually spying on you. Well, there we go. Um, There we are. Uh, There's a piece in here from the Proton VPN blog. The privacy risks of smart speakers such as the Amazon Echo, the HomePod and the Google Home. 
And I'll be honest, although I do normally read the Proton VPN blog, I've not read this one because that just be confirmation bias in my point. <laughs> Ironically, when I click the link in any browser to the link you sent, um, it tells me my connection is not secure and I can't even get on that website. It says uh, Proton VPN has configured their website improperly. Interesting. And it won't even let me on the website. Look, working for me. But then I do have my Proton VPN on. <laughs> um, there we go. Um, no, realistically, I, I don't know how big a risk smart speakers really are. Um, part of my part of my refusal to have one is I just think they're a bit silly, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm a smart device refuse, Nick, aren't I? You know, what's wrong with flicking the switch on the wall, you lazy buggers? <laughs> no, um, but, you know, as, as usual, probably sensible advice on there from the Proton VPN blog. Um, I guess we're probably coming towards the end, boys. Um, Alastair has published, uh, that's Alastair from the Slack room. Uh, he has published a piece called Dear Technophobe. Um, link in the show note. And it's basically a plea to all those who want help from uh, us geeks and uh, technologists not to get arsy when you ask us to fix your problems. <laughs> basically, I, I replied in the... Uh the slack him about it saying um i'm yelled at all the time when an iphone or ipad doesn't work and it's always my fault that something doesn't work on the ipad or iphone and i better fix it <laughs> yeah yeah this stupid thing is busted you've done something to it yeah me right. <laughs> me I, I get a call from my mother all the time what did you do to my ipad <laughs> there we are uh okay um resize master um was uh, this was you donny wasn't it the uh right. batch resize and watermark pictures on the mac for free um this is yeah, uh, i've only used the watermark feature but it worked really good and really fast and for free hey yeah that's it that's uh free. there we go free is always good it is free is always good um and i think we're probably pretty much done um there's been some chatter in the uh in the slack um both in um the Essential Apple and, in fact, the MyMac Slack uh, talking about um, a replacement for an aging version of Photoshop Elements. Uh, general, uh, you know, several things were tossed around. Pixelmator, of course. Um, Affinity Photo. Um, I, I chucked into the mix, uh, which surprised a lot of people. Um, graphic Converter which many people do, uh, seem not to realise is still around and uh, also didn't realise is in fact now a full-blown photo editor in its own right, uh, oh. which for $40 is um, not a bad, you know, not a bad uh, look. A free trial is available, of course. Um, in the end, it came down to, you know, what, what, uh, what works best for you. Um, most of them have a free trial. You can get a free trial of Affinity Photo, which uh, I think is about $50. Free trial of um, the Graphic Converter, which is about $40. Um, Pixelmator, of course, have a free trial. I think theirs is, uh, I think Pixelmator is about $20, something like that. Um, and, of course, there are loads more. There are loads more. There's Acorn and um, there's GIMP. And there's Photoshop Elements itself and a whole load more. Um, so I don't know what will be the outcome of that, but that was uh, that raised a, a few uh, interesting points. So there we go. Uh, anybody who would like to join the Slack, of course, uh, just follow the link in the show notes and uh, you can join in with the badness that is our Slack room. Um, well, I think we probably uh, call that a show, shall we, boys? So, Pete, would you like to go first and do what we normally do at the end of the show, which is promote yourself and your wares? Sure. Um, so, yeah, so ghostry.com is your one-stop shop for internet security and privacy. Uh, you can visit visit that, that website, and it'll auto-detect whichever browser you're using. So we make it as easy as possible for you to get, get going. It's uh, two clicks, and you're off to the races. Uh, so ghostry.com and you're all set. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And of course, uh, you can follow Ghostry on the Twitter as at Ghostry. Uh, Donny? Sure. Um, R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R on Twitter. Um, you can find my artwork and links to everything at hedgehogalley.com. And I now have a 
YouTube channel that has a bunch of how to draw videos and I'll be adding videos to there regularly called Scribbly Studio, S-K-R-B-L-Y. Excellent. And uh, Nick is, uh, well, Nick is at Spligosh on Twitter uh, very, very occasionally. <laughs> because I looked, I looked and your last post was uh, August 2018. <laughs> when you and that was probably and that was probably only me retweeting Bart's show. I think is... it was. Yes, I think it was. Uh, I was on uh, Let's Talk Apple. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm afraid I'm not. I'm not an avid Twitterer. Um, I am on Facebook, but I, I'm not going to give everyone that connection because nope, I don't want them to have it. <laughs> quite right. Quite right. You know, I don't have any truck with Facebook anyway. But there we go. So uh, thank you very much, Pete. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, let us know yep, if you, you know. Let us do. Let us know if you have you know when you have some new uh, developments because we'll be happy to have you back on the show to talk all about whatever your next step is. And uh, I guess uh, I think we should all just say goodbye. So goodbye. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are go. Go? Wait. Go where? The commercial, Guy. We're recording a commercial for the MyMac.com podcast. Ah, so we're recording the podcast now. Well, no, not now. At the moment, we're recording this commercial. So when do we go? Go where? I don't know. You started this whole go thing. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. We have no idea what we'll say next. Oh, this clicks browser is really fast. Yeah, they 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 always they're like the anti anti Google. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Mark the CEO is just really passionate, like to the point where we don't use any Gmail products or anything. You know, some of it's a little frustrating because Google Drive was where I had all my stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, but but yeah, that new search that search algorithm that they that they built out for that they've actually stress tested it against Google search and it actually like comes up a couple of, couple of points ahead, which is pretty amazing. It's just, you know, taking on somebody like Google, there's no, just, it's like next to impossible, but it's, it's really a cool service. And also you have the, the video downloader built in, which is cool. So you can, you can, you can rip YouTube videos right from the, uh, right from the browser. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And it, I mean, I just loaded Amazon and Safari and then loaded it in clicks and it's really you really notice the difference yeah yeah it's fast and they 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 had built out their own kind of blocking suite as well um and then it's funny when we when the four of us went out to munich to meet the team they all thought that we were buying them and then (laughs) and then come by the end of the day once they once they realized that they bought us they were a whole lot nicer and started telling us a whole lot more secrets about how their stuff works but they were keeping everything really close to their chest because we were like man that's really cool how do you do that like well you know it was it's a it's a way you know (laughs) nobody would really tell us how they did it but um yeah it's a it's a cool product and working on a whole bunch of other stuff too but it's a it's a good browser i like it it might have to become my default browser there you go And be the Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.